So this morning I wanted to <clears throat> put a picture up, but I actually didn't get the exact or the right picture. Um, but maybe I could get Tracy to come stand with me because she's young. <clears throat> You'll understand why. Maybe Liam because he's also young. Ah, I was waiting for that. The first, the first old person in the room says I'm also young is the old person. Louis, you've just, you've just dived right in, but he is quite young actually. So Liam can stand with me and then uh, who else? Somebody with, um, somebody with, uh, come Nicole, because you're so young, come Nicole. And there we go, there we go. So I want you guys to think about a sign, an, out, an outward sign with your hands that's become very popular in uh, recent times. Not so much when Nicole and I were running the streets, but in recent times, think of celebrities, musicians, think of sports stars, and just think of even young people. There's a sign that they make with their hands which reflects the sign of love. What is the most common sign? What comes to you? Nicole, is it a heart? You see? <clears throat> no, that, that's the one I'm looking for. See, we, Liam, the heart. What's that one all about? What's that across? Tracy, I, Tracy, I knew she was going to... What's that all about, Tracy and Robin? This is a K-pop one. Okay. What does that mean? It's a heart. It's a small heart. I like the bigger heart. There we go. Hey, can you do that one off, off your chest? Liam, can you do that heart? The heart. The I love you. Have you seen the sports stars? They run to the TV camera. Mom, this is for you. You know? Or the celebrity singer. Have you not seen it? Liam. He's too young. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can hold that heart right up high. So that, that's the sign I'm looking for. The heart. Eh? It's a, there's, there's a heart sign. It's become a very popular sign in the world. Thanks, guys. Can, thanks, Liam. I actually... So it's become super popular uh, wherever you go. But as I, as I saw people doing the sign everywhere I go, it's become, it's become a, an in-your-face picture, whether you're a child or an older person. <clears throat> the reality is every single one of us have got a hole in our heart in the depths of our soul, we have a hole that has a certain shape to it. And it's a shape that God, your maker and your creator, created in you. So to fill that hole, there's only one way to fill it properly, and it's to fill that hole in our heart with the very creator himself. If he doesn't fill that hole... We're going to be running around with an empty hole in our heart trying to fill it with a trillion things. I know that from experience. I know many of us do because I try to fill that hole with so many things. And it's like a puzzle piece that just won't fit because it's shaped in a certain way that only our, our maker can fill. And I want to take us on a little journey looking at... Uh, a scripture in Romans chapter 1. The first two chapters of Romans actually deal with mankind. Our problem uh, and what God is going to do about it. <laughs> so the gospel, some of you may have heard the gospel or the good news, the story of God and, and mankind is that if, if I could split it down the middle and give it a part A and a part B. Part A of the gospel is that you and I, we're We're evil. I'm evil, born in a fallen world. I cannot, I cannot be good in the sight of God. 
no matter how much I try. And that's the problem with the, with the, with the God-shaped hole or the heart-shaped hole. Is that everything that I try and do cannot impress my maker, my creator. Everything I try to fill my life with is not, is not good enough for him. I have to have him. I have to have him. So on the one side of the gospel is the not-so-good news, that we cannot make right with our maker on our own. The other half of it is that he sent his son, Jesus, into the world to fill that hole for us. If we would believe in him and put our faith in him, he's the perfect fit for that hole, for that shape in our lives. I'm going to show you in Romans 1.25. This is talking about mankind. When Paul writes, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. The they is mankind. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And they worshipped and served created things rather than the creator himself, who is forever praised. Amen. So here you have the creator. The truth of the creator is that he's forever praised. Amen. He will be praised both now and forever. He's been praised forever before. There's no timeline to the end or the start of eternity, shall I say. He's been praised forever and a day, eternity that way before we were brought onto this earth. And he will be praised for eternity evermore on that side of our lives on temporary earth. So he's forever to be praised. He's the creator. But mankind has this problem. We exchanged worshiping the beautiful creator for worshiping earthly things. And this is where I want to get into the hole in our heart because every time we put value or worth, which is worship, onto something created, whether it be family, loved ones, career, finance, travel, sport, hobby, whatever it is, it's not going to fill that hole because it's not the same shape. It's not the right shape. It's not the design, designer's shape for the hole. So Romans tells us that. And let me bring it home to little Joy, wherever she is. Little Joy looks perfect, right? And she is perfect in every way. But Kyle and Shosh know that inside, because she's been born into a fallen world, she has a heart condition. She has a hole in her heart. Not physically, I speak health over her life. But deep inside there, she has the same condition that every single one of us have and were born with. And so baby dedication, even linking to that, is that we've got to trust that joy meets her creator and breathes and knows his voice over her life. That's what solidifies that whole. So your parents, your, role will, your roles will be very important, as we know. Only God can fill the hole in Joy's heart. Nobody gets away with this scot-free. There's nothing that we can, we can do to get away from facing this reality. <clears throat> and I thought maybe just to share, there's, a, there's, a, there's something in the depths of our heart. We have a longing. So it's not just a void hole, but out of that place, we have this longing to hear an affirmation over our lives, don't we? We all want to be affirmed. We all want to be, uh, what's the word? Not affirmed, but not only affirmed, but uh, secured, uh, accepted. Thank you. This, we, we have this. Joy has this already. The deepest longing is that she would be accepted by her parents, loved. Every child has this. We know this, especially the parents and those that are, you know, we have relational issues probably in this venue like we would probably be able to write a book on relational issues, right? It's, and it's, it's not God's plan, but it happens. Parents, siblings, uh, it, it, because we're in a broken world. 
But we have this deep longing for an, the affirmation of God. And you know what the voice of heaven is going to be one day? For those that have served him well, for those that have become his children on earth. Well done, my good and faithful servant. We all designed to want and long for the well done of our heavenly father. It's actually in us. It's not just a, hey, it's part of our Bibles that that's what we're, we're hoping one day after serving him, he'll say that. Well, as his children, those of us that know him already in this place, we already have the well done of God. We've come to him, we've laid down our life, we've surrendered ourselves, and we've come into his presence by putting our faith in his son Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. We have the well done, my, my, my son, my daughter. You're in my family now. But the challenge is that without Jesus, without Jesus, that hole exists and that longing for affirmation exists. So what happens is we go about living our life looking for affirmation in a million different places. Can anyone relate to that? Anyone experienced that, struggled with that? The ups, the downs of life brings, brings that into us, doesn't it? We try and fill the hole. And we end up, we, we actually given... Uh, those that come to know the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, we're actually given a ministry of reconciliation, the Bible says. So our ministry is to go and help bring people to be reconciled with the Father, which is a relational thing. So we're given the ministry to go and, to go and help people restore relationship with their Creator. It's all about relationship. And here's the thing. And I'm going to jump to my, just my second and last scripture, is in Galatians, the chapter 6 of Galatians, the very first part of it, uh, from Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. I'll read 1, 2, and 3. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you might also be tempted. So carry each other's burdens and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ being a law of love. It's a law of love. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. And then it goes on. Actually, I'll read verse 4 as well. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Now, here's the thing. God's created us to be in relationship with one another. And in his household... He calls us to share one another's burdens, and actually that is, that is the beauty of relationship, that we share one another's burdens. But here's the thing, and as you may relate to this, very often in our relationships, it's the very thing that uh, we look for, the affirmation of God in our relationships with one another. And this is what, this is, what is so uh, detrimental to our, our walk. Who's experienced uh, friendships or relationships in this life where you feel like someone is simply using you. Ever had that? I mean, it's, it's, it, we're in a fallen world. You've, the reality is because if I want affirmation, I need it from my Father in heaven. But I may, in a friendship, become envious or abusive and I actually end up using those relationships to get what I need because I haven't filled that hole with the right person, which is my Father in heaven, who secures, affirms, loves. And then our relationships with one another can be made whole. 
and can be made perfect and can grow in perfection. This is what this, this chapter of Galatians 6, and I just want to hang there a little bit because I believe that the Father is so interested in our hearts this morning and our relationships. Some of us may have been serving Him for, for a long time, and you know that He's affirmed you. But relationally, you still find that there are struggles even after serving Him for a long time. And I feel like He's got a word for us that have known Him for a long time, as well as those that may never have had that affirmative word from Him. He hasn't come and filled that place in your heart. All right. So how does God want us to live? What, what are, how did Jesus live? What is one of the key, what is the key uh, component of Jesus' life? If you had to give it one word. How did Jesus live when he was on the earth? Give me one word. Say? As a son? Yeah. Others? Humbly? Sinless? Holy? Love comes to mind? Sacrifice comes to mind in this passage as I read uh, Galatians. Jesus came and said, my life given for yours. In his relationship to us, there was absolutely no abuse. He did not come to us and relate to us in any way looking for something from us. Didn't, firstly, he didn't need anything. But his entire relationship to us was one of sacrifice. I give everything for you. Not wanting or expecting anything in return. And here's the thing. When we get the affirmation of God, when he comes into our life, when he saves us, we can live the same way in our relationships. We get to live in a place of our relationships being sacrificial and servant-hearted without wanting anything in return. That's his goal for us in maturity. And guess what? We can live that way, which is what this message in Galatians talks about. But the only way is through the gospel. The only way is through the cross. Without it, we're incapable of loving and serving relationally with one another. Because in our strength, it is impossible. You would know this because you would see that we failed over the years. We get it wrong. Sometimes we slide into uh, neediness. We slide into selfishness. But through Jesus, we can live differently, which is the point of uh, this part of Galatians. So I'm going to jump to verse 8. Still chapter 6, verse 8. Paul writes, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, the Spirit of God, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap the harvest if we don't give up, if we persevere. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of of believers. And then in verse 12, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. Verse 12 again, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid, to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. So what I want to say there is Paul's writing to the church and he's saying that anything in your own strength is flesh. It's your it's you wanting to be right with your maker. But the reason people try is because facing God's way, which is the cross, it, 
it's an offensive route to take. It's not all fun and games following Jesus. It never was for the early church, the disciples, and it never should be. But it's glorious and beautiful and healing and it's eternal. When we come to the Father through what Jesus did on the cross, we have everything. We have wholeness. And we have the beauty of the cross. We come to the Father. He fills that hole. We hear His affirmative voice over our life. And He begins to make whole the way we relate to others. So here's the thing. Paul says, he uses the word boast. He uses the word boast in verse 14. May I never boast, Paul writes, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So Paul knew that, he spoke about boasting quite a lot actually. <laughs> and the New Testament is full of warnings about don't boast, you know. Um, we're to be humble people as we follow Christ. But there's a boasting that we are encouraged to do. And it's to boast in what Jesus did on the cross. It's to boast in his life given for ours. That is a good place to live. If we understand what he's done for us, we can celebrate and boast but everything through the cross. And we can only do that when we know his voice, right? When we know that he secured us and affirmed us, poured out his love on us. When that hole in our heart has been utterly filled by the creator. That shape that nothing else will satisfy. And you'll know what that feels like because there will be many, many, many things that you've tried to fill into that hole. And you just know it hasn't worked. It hasn't secured. Maybe it's brought more pain. Maybe it's confused you. But I want to say only Jesus and what he did on the cross can fill that void, can fill that hole. And then you and I can stand and boast of what Jesus did on the cross. The very, th very fact that he went through the punishment and the jeers and the scorn and the pain and the ridicule right the way through without retaliating, he did that for you and I so that we could live a life, a perfect life in him. So how will we live? How will we live in the short time that we've got in this life? And it's, it's very short. <laughs> There's such an urgency at the moment, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's happening all around us that people's race is coming to an end. Sometimes early, sometimes very late in life, sometimes suddenly, tragically. So how will we live this life? And I, I realized the way Jesus lived is how I want to live. It's a self-sacrificial life. His time, he lived for others, not himself. And he calls us to do the same. To live for others and not for me. And it sounds easy enough. Well, I'm going to trump it up tomorrow to really try and be, I'm maybe going to give up an extra night of the week for someone else. Sacrifice. And then Jesus says, That's not, I'm not looking for your strength. I'm not looking that you can boast in your flesh. I'm looking for you to live in me. That it's something that I do by my spirit. That it's a, a lifestyle of sacrifice. When Joy has a need, what happens to Kyle and Shush? Maybe some of the guys in her home group know that they had a plan. They said they'd be somewhere, and then Joy has a need, and something's canceled. Kyle and Shush are not available, as available as they used to be, which was very available. But right now, there's a little one who's re requiring self-sacrifice from her parents. And 
that has a cost to it, right? It's burdensome. Remember in the beginning of Galatians 6, Paul writes that uh, in verse 2 that we'd carry one another's burdens. I wish I had something really heavy here. But if I had to try and pick up one of these speakers on my own, it would be a struggle. If I call Devolt to share it with me, if that's, if that's 80 kilos and he comes up, we each carry how many? 40, right? Unless he cheats a little bit. I'll take a bit more. But if I get three men to come stand with me, we each take a corner of that speaker of 80 kilograms. We, carry the, we share the burden and we carry 20 each. So uh, this is the very plain understanding of carrying one another's burdens. This is how God designed us to live. Not struggling on our own but carrying one another's burdens, living as his family. But we can only do that. We can only do that when we stop seeking the affirmation of others, when we stop trying to fill the hole in our heart that only he can fill, the God-shaped hole. And what that takes is a courageous, a courageous decision to say, no longer on my own will I try and fill that hole. No longer on my own will I seek in my relationships to find an affirming voice. No longer will I seek in my relationships to find security because it only ends in pain because people, we let one another down. We're not perfect. And we're not good enough to fill the void that the Creator made in us for Himself to fill. So God is saying it comes to an end. You don't need to run around in this life desperately trying to find the affirmation of my voice through everything else. You can come to me freely through putting faith in my son Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. His death, his life for yours and mine. It's the message of the gospel, quite simply. <laughs> you see... The heart of sin, it's a short word, but can be quite a confusing word. Being separated from our maker, we all have that condition. From joy to the oldest person here, we're all born into this world, separated relationally from our maker and our creator. That's what sin is. We're apart from him. But by living in this world, we've been conditioned to try and get from every relationship what we feel we need. And we, we actually, we live a life of trying to get out of people what we're supposed to get from our Creator. <laughs> we try and get information, we try and get security, we try and get love. And this holds us back from an eternal relationship where our Father in Heaven says, I am the voice that you've been looking for. I'm the affirmation. I'm the security. I'm the assurance. Let me fill that void. That's the shape, the God-shaped hole, the love that I want to pour inside of you. Can we stand together? And I just want to ask and invite. Let me just close our eyes together for a moment. You know, as, um, as Neil was preaching, I just felt the Lord lay something on my heart, um, which I'd like to share. Neil was um, talking about affirmation, value, and identity. And 
We've all experienced this, so I can make it very easy to relate. You know, when you're standing in a line, and guys, you've got two team captains, and you're waiting for someone to pick you, what's it that you're waiting to hear? Your name. Do you know what the most beautiful word in the world, this world is to you at the moment, or one of? It's your name. And the reason why it's your name is because everyone wants to be picked. Everyone wants to feel like they have value, that they, that they are loved. And we spend our whole lives, and he was talking about trying to find affirmation that the only God can fill that hole. We, we work our whole lives. The, you, you, you try and be the best sportsman so that you can hear your name picked. When you're young and single, you're trying to do everything that you can and look as beautiful as you can and as physically fit as you can to hear someone call your name so that you can get picked. We all want to hear our name because being called somehow validates us. And I was reminded of this this morning. Jesus has just selected or just called his first two disciples. And I want to read from John 1 this morning. It says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him. You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And you can imagine that Jesus didn't say, hey, dude. He said, no. He called him my name, Gideon. Follow me. And before Gideon had done anything, or Mark had done anything, or Josh had done anything, God called his name and said, follow me. He didn't say jump through hoops, because the way of salvation is following Jesus. And in order to follow him, he has to call us. And I just felt this morning like the thing name is very important. I can remember going to a, a camp and there were lots of people were being prophesied over and the words were incredibly accurate and I was waiting for them to go through till it was my turn. And at the end I came, I was like one of the last five in a camp of about a hundred people. And I can remember going, Lord, at this point, I don't care about anything. Just call my name. I just want to know, God, that you see me. And the guy who was leading the camp said, Mark, come here. I can remember stepping out and he said, that's all I've got for you. And it broke me because all I wanted to hear, God was so faithful. All I wanted to hear was my name, Shani, Leo. Do you know that this morning God is calling you by name? And there's some of you that have never heard it and him calling you by name validates you. He says, I want you to come and be with me. And so God is putting out this morning, he's saying, by name, Miguel, Jay, Josh, Harry, Albert, again, follow me, follow me. And so there's names that he's calling this morning, and in calling your name, he gives you the most incredible value you could ever have, and he fills that hole. But it's for us to hear his voice and to say, God, I'll hear you calling my name, I'll follow you, no matter what. Yes, Lord, just keep our eyes closed for a moment, longer. If you have felt your name being shouted from the rooftops, if you felt something of your name being called, something of heaven saying, come, there's healing for you. There's hole that you've experienced in your heart that you've filled with many things. Let 
me change that today. Let me come and fill it. I'd love to pray with you if that's you. What you need to do is you need to come to the cross, as offensive as it may look. Come to the perfect one, Jesus. Put faith in him. Follow him, the perfect one. And he will fill that shape in your heart. He will fill that hole to perfection. To perfection. And he will affirm you with his voice, as he's done for many of us here. I want to ask if that's you, if he's spoken, if you've heard the name, your name. Please really give me a, a wave or just put your hand up so I can see you. You do business. He wants to do business with people today, man. To come to me and let me pray with you after the service um, to, to show you what it is to have that hole filled, to allow Jesus to come in and to fix what is broken relationally. And he's a loving father. He fills that hole perfectly. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I want to speak to the church as well. If you've been serving God for I don't know how many years, but relationally, as I've spoken today about relationships, you've recognized that at times you've wanted to get from relationships, to fill a hole, to be affirmed, to be secured in relationships. And it's hurt people. It's hurt you. God wants to fix that today. He wants to do business with us. He wants to make whole. And it's his affirming voice that needs to be spoken over you again. So I want to say if that, if there's something that witnesses in you, grab hold of a person before you go. Pray with that person and speak. We spoke earlier today, a prayer meeting, about actually speaking what God is saying. Speaking about mistakes, not just generic, I've had a bad week, made some mistakes, I'm sorry about it. No, be specific, it was this, and I did it then, and I'm sorry, God. So relationally, just if he's put his finger on things, um, just go to someone and just make right. And trust the Lord to bring healing into that place. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus.